Greetings to those who watch below. For today's stories, we're going to be looking at some true haunted hospitals. But before we start, I'd like to say thank you to those who dwell below. An exclusive channel membership you can check out using the link at the description box. So thank you to Steffi Ray, Wicked Witch, Lisa Watts, Lefty Kim, M.A. Wade, Julie B., Jess Blackhurton, Christina Groves, LT Punisher 666, and Chris BLK Chris. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hospital Weird Experiences by Dariuk Stark I work as a nurse on a night shift schedule. This story is one of the weirdest I have ever experienced. I work on this unit, where it is just one hallway of rooms with a 20-bed capacity. Room 20 is at the very end of the hallway, where the stairway to exit is located. Other than that, it is a dead end. At night, that side is particularly more spooky than the rest of the unit. I've heard from my colleagues about some scary stuff they experienced at that side of the hallway, especially in room 20. The stories ranged from patients saying they hear voices of children playing to people talking in the middle of the night, where almost all are quiet and the staff are on the nurse's station, charting or doing something else. The unit does not have children at all. Most of our patients are adults and never children, because we have a paediatric unit for that. So when patients say they hear children playing in their room, that kind of raises a red flag for us. These patients are alert and orientated, and not confused just to clarify that. In regards to people talking, we dismiss that as probably just as staff talking. This particular experience by an aide of ours is somewhat a little bit terrifying, as this aide relayed what happened to me when we were talking about paranormal stuff in the hospital. Apparently, one night he went to help out the patient in room 20. I believe it was something about toileting or something else. Anyway, after finishing helping the patient and making her settled in the bed, the patient thanked the aide and asked him, Have you seen that lady by the door? She's been standing there behind you for a while now. She must need your help. There was no lady by the door, and she was the only patient at that side of the hallway. If we do have some patients, they are in their room and not ambulating, since most can't ambulate on their own, and definitely one of the staff will be heading directly to that patient if they were ambulating for risks of falling. Our patients are mostly old, so with that being said, our aide quickly did what needed to be done and helped the patient settle in the bed so he can leave the room as fast as possible. He was terrified as he recalls it to me. One time, we had a low consensus in the unit. That means most of the rooms are vacant since we only have so few patients. Now, here's the thing. I do have my own assignment of patients, but I never particularly mind where other patients are situated that time. I usually go to the restroom by the end of the hallway, passing by room 20. All night, every time I pass that room towards the restroom, I always feel like something was off in the room. The room was particularly dark, and I was thinking maybe the patient wanted it that way, so he could sleep. The room's door is slightly open halfway, but I can still see inside the room. Though it is dark, I can still see silhouettes or outlines, like the bed, inside the room. All night long when I passed that hallway, I really thought there was a patient in there, and to my surprise, an aide of ours went in the room to set it up for an admitting patient. I was shocked and baffled that it was empty all along. 
Why was I confused to know it was empty? Because all night long, I felt a presence in that room, which made me think there was indeed a patient in there. That definitely creeped me out. Patients have also reported sounds like walking on the wall or ceiling. I would understand and shrug it off if they described it as walking outside their doors, since we always walk on the hallway. That's not something paranormal. However, the patient described the sound like it was inside the room and on the walls, which is very weird. The Abandoned Hospital by My Poison Apple Over the course of my life, I have acquired a wealth of information regarding the paranormal. Growing up in a 26-room, 200-plus-year-old Victorian home, my experience with the paranormal started at an early age, and it has been an interest of mine since childhood. I am now an artist in multiple mediums, and photography is a very large part of my life. Anyway, let me cut to the chase and get to the good stuff. There are a series of abandoned mental health facilities near where I live in upstate New York. I've snuck into, photographed, and explored the majority of them, with the exception of the more modern buildings that are sealed off with metal bars and chains. One building in particular still gives occasional nightmares to this day. The building is a three-storey one of brick construction that has fallen victim to time and mother nature. The floors are rotten, roofs partially collapsed. The building is more or less a death trap if you aren't careful. My friend and I were headed up the road leading to the buildings one early evening in June of 2009 when we passed a group of college kids. A fairly common sight considering there is a community college relatively close. We were a bit irritated by this and hoped there would be no one inside to disturb our photo shoot. We entered the building and all seemed quiet, so we began unpacking our equipment. After setting up our artificial lighting and snapping a few test photographs of our setting, we heard some muffled laughter and talking from somewhere else. We brushed it off as nothing and merely assumed that there were indeed some more college kids in the building, who hopefully would not be disturbing us. A few minutes later, we heard a loud crash, followed by a girl screaming. I immediately assumed the worst, and said, Oh crap, I think someone fell through the floor. I have first aid training, and have worked search and rescue before, so after a quick assessment of my situation, my friend and I set off into the building together. We kept waiting to hear the rest of the people, and wondered why the hell no one was helping this girl, who was crying out from somewhere within the building. The basement revealed nothing, and the first floor was empty. We went throughout the second floor, occasionally shouting to the girl that we were going to help her and to stay calm. We kicked down a few old rotten doors, pulled back old bed curtains, checked every nook and cranny, and then came to a huge hole in the ceiling. We assumed it was the acoustics of the building that made the girl constantly seem like she was right around the corner from us, and that the sound was travelling from the third floor, down through the hole, and echoing through the halls. We got upstairs, and searched all the rooms, until we came to one door that was closed. After trying to nudge it open, it appeared jammed, and the girl sounded as if she was right behind it. So, remembering my training, I decided it was time to break the door down. I yelled through the door to the girl, and told her to try her best to move away from the door, if she was anywhere near it, because we were going to knock it down. Several kicks 
still would not open the door, so my friend and I decided to get a bit of a running start and ram it down together. The whole time, my friend kept saying, this doesn't make sense, and I assumed he was as confused as I was about why the door just wouldn't break. After getting our running start, I threw my weight into the door, which, to my surprise, broke out of the frame like a twig. Whatever instinct my friend had during these few short seconds may very well have saved my life. As I hit the door, my friend yelled, Wait! and grabbed onto the collar of my shirt. Just as he did this, the door flew out several feet, and fell, three stories, to the ground floor with a loud bang. I scrambled away from the ledge, with my friend in a total state of shock. The only thing behind the door was the collapsed wing of the building. There was no girl, no more shouting, nothing besides the sound of my heart beating in my ears. I later learned that my friend was saying that it didn't make any sense because he was thinking of the layout of the building and was certain that behind that door was exactly what existed, the collapsed part of the building. Had he not grabbed me, I would have fallen, with the door, three stories, to the pile of rubble from the collapsed floors beneath me. After listening and shouting a few more minutes, my friend and I left the building, quickly, having decided that there were no people inside, other than ourselves. Old Copley Abandoned Hospital by Valkyrie Cry Old Copley used to be City Hospital back in 1886, and boasted 25 beds. Of course, by the time they closed in 1996 to move to a much larger facility, it had grown considerably, almost swallowing up the original Queen Anne three-storey structure. Despite the original part being declared a historic site, the city are pushing to demolish it. I can't say I blame them, it's been neglected for a long time. It sits just a few blocks from where I live, and I walk past it often. Of course, it's rumoured to be haunted. I feel a sentimental attachment to it, both my children were born there. I always pause walking past it, sometimes walking up to it. I feel bad, I guess, for it. All those years of service, all that history, and all it's getting is a wrecking ball at some point. I'm not saying the old hospital isn't haunted, because I think it is. However, it's been so, long before their doors ever closed. Back in 1981, I was there to have my first child. I ended up having an emergency C-section. After the effects of the anaesthetics had worn off, I was sitting up in my bed, debating on calling the night nurse. I was incredibly thirsty, but I paused because I knew it was late. The maternity floor was very quiet, signalling way past visiting hours and most were sleeping. Since my older sisters are retired nurses, I have a healthy respect for the profession. Did I really want to disturb them for something so mundane? Someone should be making rounds soon. Maybe I could wait until then. Right about then, a nun came into my room. Even though there's a Catholic church literally on the corner from the hospital, I was a bit surprised that she still wore the full nun's habit, complete with wimple and floor-length robes. A heavy rosary hung at her waist. Hi, sister, I croaked. She smiled at me and silently poured me a glass of water from the pitcher on the nightstand. I drank it, thankfully. The nun took the empty glass and asked, Better? I said something like, Much, thanks, as I laid back on the bed. 
I was wondering if it was the lighting or imagination, but she seemed to glow a tiny bit. At any rate, her presence was comforting. She smiled again and laughed. I assumed to look in on others. The next day, a couple of sisters dropped by. I swear they meander around the halls, and if you're alone, they stop. Besides, maternity is about the only happy floor in a hospital. They were dressed in the modern outfits, more of a knee-length dove grey jumper and a simple veil as a head covering. Being the curious sort, I asked about the nun's dress from before, which got me quizzical looks, and I was told that no one in their order wore that sort of habit anymore. Perhaps she was visiting from another city, or was from another order. Flash forward five years to 1986. Second child, second C-section. The night nurse was an absolute doll. I think her name was Karen, not that it really matters. But she used to bring me coffee after hours from the nurse's lounge, and in slow times came to visit me, chatting about this and that. We shared some good talks at odd hours, if I was awake and she had time. When she was on duty, I never worried about being an inconvenience. She'd pop in saying, I thought you'd never ring. And we both laugh, like we shared the greatest joke ever told. Sometimes, we'd stroll the halls together. Me hunched over like I'm 90 and pulling along the IV stand, and her ambling by my side. It was on one of these strolls that I saw the nun again. She was coming from the quiet ward, as we referred to it. The area women who didn't have happy deliveries finished their stays in, away from the babies and new mums. Karen and I always turned down another corridor before we reached those doors. It was just too sad. I opened my mouth to greet the nun, but then shut it, because her head was down and she looked to be in silent prayer. I paused as she passed, and Karen's grip on my elbow tightened almost painfully, causing me to jerk my head towards her, away from the nun. Did you see that? Karen's voice was barely a whisper. What, the nun? I was confused. Nuns were nothing to be afraid of, yet Karen was clearly scared. She nodded yes, and we both turned our heads into the nun's direction. Nothing. Just other nurses and orderlies. Not a habit-wearing soul in sight. Back in my room, over cups of the strongest coffee Karen could find, she informed me we had just seen Sister Augustus, or rather, the ghost of her. Long ago, there had been a horrible train wreck, when a passenger train ran an open switch and collided with carboys of acid. The accident occurred in the yards, one mile from the depot. Seven boys were playing on a car when the train, running at full speed, swung onto the siding. With no chance to escape, two died, while the others were more or less burned. Sister Augustus was one of the first to reach the victims and start first aid. She rode with the injured to the hospital, and despite having suffered some burns herself, demanded to help look after them. She refused to rest or to be treated until after they were cared for. The story goes that infection set in and the good nun died from it, but ever after there are those who claim the nun has cared for them in some sort of way. Ghost in the Old Hospital by Missy Wrighton I live in a small town called Seaham, on the coast northeast of England. Now most people in England haven't even heard of Seaham, as it's so small. So, as a general indication of where it is, 
it's on the outskirts of Sunderland. Before Maggie Thatcher became Prime Minister, Seaham was a thriving mining town. Back in the 1800s, a serial killer named Mary Ann Cotton had lived here for a while. She had been rumoured to have murdered at least four husbands, two lovers, her mother, a friend, around five of her stepchildren, and at least eleven of her own children. She is said to have poisoned them, all with arsenic, and collected life insurance on them. She is somewhat of a local legend around here, and has several nursery rhymes about her. The reason I mention Mary Ann is because there is one local urban legend about her. The legend says that Mary Ann had one daughter who survived. She was supposed to have been born while Mary Ann was awaiting trial, and was given to a cousin of Mary Ann's back here in Seaham. Mary Ann's daughter is supposed to have been thrown into a mental asylum at age 18. Some say when she learned of what her mother did, she went mad. Others say she was born evil. But of course, it's just a legend. She may never have been in an asylum at all. The legend goes on to say she died at age 27 in childbirth at the asylum and still haunts the building. Anyway, on with my story. One morning, I left the house and decided to go for a walk up to the small woodland near my home, up by a smaller town connected to ours named Merton. I have walked and driven by the woodland thousands of times, but never actually walked through it, so that's what I decided to do. I walked maybe a mile and a half through the trees, and came out at the edge of a farmer's field. I could see a farmhouse at one end of the field, and didn't want to intrude, so I turned left and walked towards more trees. As I got closer to the trees, I could see a sign, so I walked up to it, and as I got around the corner, there was a building, around a quarter mile behind the sign. I realised I'd found the old hospital. I knew it was up that way, but it had been closed long before I was even born, so I never had any reason to be up there before. I am a very curious person. Honestly, if I was in a horror movie, I'd be the first to die, because I'm the one who investigates the strange noises, instead of locking doors and calling the police. So, of course, I decided to go have a look at the hospital. I looked around outside for a while, and there was nothing out of the ordinary, just overgrown grass and brambles. I had a look in a window, and it was just an empty room, very dirty and in great disrepair. I carried on looking for around 10 to 15 minutes, and even tried a door to see if I could get inside, but it was locked, so I decided to leave. I was halfway down the road towards the sign, when I had a curious feeling that I should look back. I turned back and found my eyes drawn to an upstairs window, where, just for a second, I saw a shadow cross the window. At first I thought maybe a bird was in there, and I had just seen a shadow of it flapping around the room. I started to look at the other upstairs windows, and they all just looked dark, and a couple were boarded over. I couldn't see anything, so I was just about to continue my journey home, when I looked back to the first window, and I saw a young woman with her hand on the window looking down on me. I immediately felt a great sense of sadness when I saw her, and after a few minutes, she disappeared. I walked back down towards the trees, wondering if I'd imagined seeing her, or even if it was a trick of my mind or something, but I still had a really sad feeling. As I walked out to the trees, back at the farmer's field, I saw a man walking his dog, he could see I was distressed, so he asked if I was okay. I said, yes, I'm fine, 
I just thought I saw something odd up by the hospital. He immediately said, Oh, you saw the grey lady. I was a little stunned for what he said, but continued to listen as he told me that him and his family had lived in the farmhouse for generations, and that his grandmother and some great-aunts had worked as nurses and cleaners at the hospital before it had shut down. Before I could tell him where I'd seen her, he told me that he often saw her in an upstairs window or in the old hospital garden, and sometimes from his house he saw her wandering around by the edge of his field. He then told me a story his gran had told him about a young girl whose aunt sent her there because she thought she was mad. Before she was sent off to the asylum, apparently his gran, who was a nurse, had taken a liking to the girl and sort of acted like a mother figure to her while she was there. A few years after she was sent to the asylum, she died, and his gran said she had started to see the girl's ghost in her old room and other various places. He said the family referred to her as Mavis, but he isn't sure if that's her real name. I continued walking home and began to think about the legend of Marianne's daughter, and although I never believed the legend, it sort of made a little bit of sense. I told my partner about what I'd seen, but he, being a sceptic, said it could have been anything, a trick of the light, an old curtain that had blown in the draught, or something. I suppose he could be right, but I believe my eyes, and I saw a woman. I feel very privileged to have been able to see Mavis, and although I felt great sadness, I didn't feel threatened. It felt more like a feeling of loneliness and a sense of being lost. I intend to go back up to see her as often as I can. Maybe I will be lucky enough to see her again. Hi guys, thank you so much for listening to today's video. I really hope you enjoyed it. With hospitals, it seems that there may be some malevolent spirits, but also a lot of good caring spirits, which that's something we need in this world. So, until next time, sleep tight.